When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, my next guest is a terrific lady, been on this show many, many times over the years. Elected to Congress back in November of 2020 to represent New York's 11th Congressional District, former New York State Assembly member for Brooklyn and Staten Island, 2017 Republican nominee for New York City mayor. I mean, she's done a lot, and she's also a good personal friend, Nicole Maliotakis. Nicole, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. How are you? Great, great. Thank you very much. Uh, Merry Christmas and uh, Happy Hanukkah to all your listeners. Thank you a lot. You got it. Hey, tell me about this this uh, stall now. First, let's start with this. Chuck Schumer basically threatening everybody. The clock is ticking. If you want to make sure there's no government shutdown coming up tomorrow night, Friday night, make sure you side with us on this big omnibus bill. What are the odds right now, Nicole, that the government actually does shut down before tomorrow night, by tomorrow night? Well, you know, last night the Senate hit a snafu because the uh, Senate Republicans, I think, uh, a little bit found their spine and they decided to demand at the very minimum, God, let's make Title 42 permanent. Now, what the Senate Republicans have done by going along with the Democrats on this bill is basically uh, cut the legs of the House Republicans from under them. You know, we were about to take power in, in you know, less than two weeks, um, and we would have the ability to negotiate the spending plan, the, the budget for the country. And what they've done is basically handicapped us if they if they do pass this today uh, and taken away our leverage to use the power of the purse to get energy independence, to secure the border in particular. Uh, and if this thing passes, it's going to basically tie our hands for nine months. There's never been a time in this nation's history where the lame duck Congress has passed an omnibus like this. By the way, the deadline was September 30th. They kicked it down to after the election, uh, a continuing resolution just to fund the budget at the current level. So after the election to this December, uh, just so they can get another bite bite of the apple on their way out the door should they lose the election. That's exactly what happened. They lost the election, but they gave themselves this last opportunity to jam through their Democratic priorities. So really, no Republican should be joining them or helping them. Instead, they should be demanding, demanding that we continue the current budget uh, and current spending level until, you know, sometime early next year and let the Republicans in the House or the people voted for work with the Senate Democrats to craft a budget that is more responsible and that reflects the priorities of a, that Americans spoke very loud and clear about in this election. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think I saw a list this morning. That included like 21 Republicans and big names, guys like Marco Rubio, Tom Cotton, and others that are on board with this $1.7 trillion abortion. Is that true? Well, I'm not sure that they're on board with the final bill. What they voted for so far was to allow uh, a debate to kind of move a move forward. So, uh, yeah, that was one tactic to vote no. We voted no in the House last night because we didn't want the bill to move forward for debate. Um, what we what we wanted was to, you know, again, push for that continuing funding level, the current levels. 
um, and allow the House to take over on January 3rd, right, which is what right. I think the American people, which is exactly what the American yep. people said with their vote. Well, this, um, uh, this, this omnibus bill, I looked into it yesterday, $1.7 trillion. I mean, I know we just promised Zelensky, who was here yesterday with Biden, like another $2 billion in Patriot missiles, more money in this bill going to Ukraine. I've seen enough of that, by the way. Uh, also money for the flu- influenza issue, money for the Michelle Obama trial. I mean, a lot of money in this bill that goes to really complete nonsense. So why would anybody be okay with spending $1.7 trillion when, once again, this bill is not exactly what the White House is trying to sell to the American public? Yeah, look, I think uh, some of the senators who were in the back room, you know, the back room deal, uh, they, they got what they wanted. And so I guess they gave their vote away. But, you know, those of us who are looking, you know, we're not part of that you know, little back room that had maybe a handful of people. Um, we saw the bill on Monday, um, two days basically, to uh, read 4,100 pages. They're going to give us an hour to debate it today. How do you debate 4,100 4, pages in one hour? It's absolutely ridiculous. And on top of that, what I've been trying to go through this bill and read it as best I can. I mean, you see border security for Oman, for uh, Egypt, for Lebanon. Uh, for uh, Tunisia, you know, you see how they uh, specifically say certain pots of money cannot be used for border security here in the United States. They refuse to include a permanent Title 42. The least the Senate Republicans should have done was demand that border security was in this bill. Let's stop this nonsense. We know what's going to happen if they lift Title 42. So they should have pushed for at least that and and other border security measures to just stop this nonsense that's happening, that's crippling cities like New York City and others, when you know that 70 percent of the people crossing into our country are not legitimate asylum seekers. It's actually probably much more than that. But I'm going to be very generous here and say 70 percent do not qualify for asylum. They are entering our country completely illegally without grounds uh, to claim asylum. And then on top of that, uh, you see, you know, 750 million dollars going to NGOs to actually help the trafficking, giving people transportation, uh, giving them cell phones, giving them housing and all sorts of other things. uh, While you have the American people struggling to put food on the table this holiday season, it's just it's just wrong. And I've I've gone through here a lot of wasted money on, uh, you know, foreign aid programs that don't work, that President Trump actually proposed cutting. Um, uh, If you go through it, I think the House Republicans have a lot of work to do to cut the pork next year. But one thing that is missing, okay, with all the billions that uh, they have going to other countries, um, what's missing actually is the funding for the health care program for our 9-11 heroes that are suffering from illnesses. That's set to expire at the end of next year in 2024. And, and, and to think that, gee, they have all these billions going. They even gave President Biden $6 billion more than he requested for Ukraine, and yet that's the money we needed, by the way, to make this World Trade Center program whole for our NYPD and our FDNY first responders who are suffering with 9-11-related illnesses, okay, and also the wives, the, the widows, and the children of those fallen uh, first responders from 9-11, well, I'm okay. confused. Hold on. I'm confused. I'm confused because I thought, and I know these are probably two different things. You could explain it. I thought that Peter King, our mutual friend, and John Stewart made sure that people were going to get their monies for close to 100 years. So what is what, what is missing in the bill? 
Well, they did, but there, there's a $3 billion shortfall in the program. And new, new, new uh, first responders um, will not be allowed to be added to it. Um, and so, as you know, there's still first responders we're learning about, you know, regularly that uh, end up with 9-11 related cancers. So uh, that's the problem. There is that shortfall. And so um, money would, would have been offset with COVID funds, potentially, these unused COVID funds. Or, you know, instead of giving the extra $6 billion that they asked uh, that to, to the president for Ukraine, when he asked for you know, 45, uh, you know, you could have made up that money there. But, but wow. look, in terms of Ukraine, because I saw the speech last night, and, you know, I, my, my constituents have a, lo- have a growing uh, Ukrainian community. They support Ukraine. They support uh, stopping Putin. They understand the importance of, of, of stopping World War the issue is, is that the United States has funded 62% of this, all right? Where are the other countries? That's what my constituents want to know is where are our European allies? You know, you see the small countries chipping in the most. If you, if you look at their GDP, percentage of GDP, you've got those tiny countries, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, of course, because, you know, in close proximity – uh, those nations are the ones who are most threatened and doing the most in terms of providing military equipment uh, in, in comparison to GDP. But if you go down that list, you know, UK is not pulling its weight, neither is Italy, neither is France, Germany. These countries have to chip in more. United States should not be funding 62% of the aid. And that is the problem uh, that I think Americans have uh, is that we, we want to help. We want to be supportive. We need to stop Putin. But at the same time, we should not be bearing the the brunt of this without support from our allies. I couldn't agree more. And uh, Europe has uh, done a lot of that stuff. That's why Donald Trump, whether it was NATO or these other deals, he was like, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the United Kingdom and Germany and all these European countries not doing what they're supposed to do. This is another example of that. And uh, just start to go back quickly for two seconds, Nicole, on the uh, the six billion more for Biden and not getting the money to the nine eleven folks. That is really a nauseating story, especially here in New York. Well, yeah, when you think about that, Schumer is the, is the majority leader. He negotiated the deal. He should have made sure it was in there, and then I'll probably be trying to blame McConnell for it. Right. Which I can understand McConnell's at fault too. But let's be serious. You you take credit for everything that's in there, and then you, you blame somebody else for what's left out. That's not right. I mean, if you're negotiating the deal, you should have made sure that that was in there. That should be our priority, not sending money to citizens of other countries and allowing our heroes here to suffer. Well said, Nicole Maliotakis. Uh, you are great. We're very lucky to have you here in New York, Staten Island, Brooklyn, all of us. Want to wish you and your lovely parents Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Thank you for what you did for me last year. And I look forward to major contributions from you on this show in 2023. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you. It's always great to be on your mom's show, Sid. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. What a great ending. It's always great to be on your mom's show, Sid.